What's going on, everyone? Zane here with Everything Vibe. Want to welcome you back for another episode. In today's episode, we have some awesome, hilarious guests on for an interview. Uh, they are Jeff Renswald and Gabe Brown from Big Box VR, the team that brought us all Smashbox Arena. And if you haven't tried this game yet, you got to get it. And uh, actually, before before we even go any further, I know some of you are tuning in to get the details for the Steam Key giveaway because, yes, we are giving 10 free copies of the game. And uh, that is thanks to the awesome guys over there, the awesome team at Big Box VR, uh, allowing us to share these with you. And so, yeah, I mean, the, the, the interview is just awesome. I mean, we, we talked for so long and the conversation could have gone even longer. It was really hard to... Uh, to hit the, the stop record button. And uh, yeah, I mean, so much, so much fun. Like it's really cool to see how they develop the game. And I'm going to stop rambling on because we're obviously going to do that once, uh, once we get into the interview, but just to let you know about the steam key giveaway and the details for that, all you got to do to enter is go to YouTube. If you are listening to this episode on YouTube, then you're fine. But for all those listening on iTunes, Stitcher or somewhere else, uh, these episodes, ep- uh, are also posted on YouTube. So this will be episode 41. You just got to go to YouTube, search Everything Vive, episode 41. Uh, make sure it is this one with our interview with the Smashbox Arena fellas. And just leave us a comment. Let us know what you thought of the review. Let us know what you love about Smashbox if you've played it or why you're excited to potentially get it and you know win the contest, blah, 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 all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, we will have 10 names drawn and uh, yeah, we'll try to do it by this Friday and announce the winners then. So make sure you sign up, make sure you enter and yeah, with that, let's get started. Hey, what's up guys? How's it going? Oh, we're good. Good. How you doing? Doing fantastic. Zane here with Everything Vibe. I'm with Ronnie. Ronnie, how's it going, man? It's going well as well. Yeah. Yeah. Very excited to to be here with uh, with our, our guests today. Yes, if, we if you are, want to introduce them. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're with uh, Jeff and Gabe from Big Box VR. Uh, I don't know if you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourselves as well. Yeah, yeah sure. you go ahead, Gabe. Yeah, sure. My name is Gabe, uh, Gabe Brown. I'm with Big Box VR. Um, we started earlier about this year working on VR prototypes and worked on several different products, but ended up making uh, this awesome game called Smashbox Arena. Yeah, and doing and, that and, for... We agree. It's it's really <laughs> awesome. We'll, we'll get into that some more, but I just have to say it's one of the it's one of the m- most it's some of the most fun that I've had in VR since I since I purchased my Vive and and there's I mean yeah we'll we'll get into more let, details let, let, later. Let him finish but, his intro. Go, go we're, ahead, we're definitely go gonna ahead. have a lot of time <laughs> to talk about this. <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, so I've been working with it and also had an incredible privilege to work with Jeff. And I'll let Jeff introduce himself too. Yeah. So I'm Jeff Renswold. Um, I started some Vive prototyping back in um, January uh, with my uh, business partner, John. Um, and uh, we joined this project seriously in, in June. Um, and, it, you know, it's been one of the most fantastic and frustrating and awesome things I've ever done. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's so cool. I mean, like every day I go to work, I learn something new about, you know, game development or, you know, or VR in general, and it's it's just fantastic to work um, with with Gabe and Chachan and the whole team, PM and John. They're all they're all really Warren. great. Oh, and Warren, don't forget Warren. He scares me. He'll cry. He'll just, he, no, he kills because he kills me all the time on the servers. Yes, he does. Hey, <laughs> He's good. So, so leading off of that, um, what are what were your backgrounds prior to uh, developing Smashbox? What were some of the things that you guys were working on before that? 
Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, prior to Smashbox, I worked at Disney Interactive working on products such as uh, Avengers Alliance. Um, and I was part of that studio for about five years as uh, originally as engineering manager and then the executive producer. Okay. Um, and then also had uh, various other startups that I've worked with in the past as well. Okay, very cool. Yeah. And, and I actually kind of come from a sort of a, a really different different background. It's, it's probably interesting because I, I, I make all the levels in Smashbox, but I actually come from a construction background. I used to work for a company called Vulcan in Seattle. Mm. Um, well, that's not, and, that, it kind of, I mean, that's, that's a, a logical transition, <laughs> I guess, from building things yeah. into the real world to, to building things in virtual reality. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I used to do these huge construction projects and um, I just wasn't satisfied in it. And um, I, I found myself here just through, you know, luck and hard work, I think. Huh. Yeah. How did how did you connect with the other team members? How did that? How did were, did you start? Did you develop stuff on your own first, like in terms of like at, generate assets or something like that, or did or was working with with the team at Smashbox your first experience working on on game development? Well, working um, working with Smashbox is probably my first exper- experience in, in in serious game development. Um, I've, you know, I've, I've have a, I have a, a friend and colleague that, you know, we started, this, I started this company with, and um, he actually knows Cha Chin, who, who you guys know from Reddit, yes, and they worked, they worked, they worked at Valve together, and so John and I were doing sort of, sort of our prototype stuff, and we had a, we had a space in Capitol Hill, Washington, and Cha Chin and John were talking, and John comes in one day and he's like, hey, you know, I know these guys, and. You know they're making this really cool game, but they don't really have a space. They're all working on their basement. You might have to come in and work in the office. I'm like hell, I don't care. I mean, it's, we have like <laughs> so much square footage, right? And so we went. We went from, um, you know, us kind of doing our own thing and you know us bouncing ideas off each other to like, oh, you know what? We we need to, we need to put this together and we need to do it for real. And and that's exactly what we did. And so Gabe, Chachin, um, and, and John just sort of got together, worked out the 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 pertinence and. Um, here we are today. Wow, that, that, I mean that's 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 really awesome. Actually, I, I, I guess I'm more curious. Like, where did the idea like for actual gameplay and design and stuff like that come from? Um, and how how was that like as part of the the process of development? Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll chime in here. The yeah. when uh, Tatsun and I were originally um, messing around with the first dev kit, I think we got our first dev kit back in of August of 2015. And it was the very first developer prototype, and that thing was really buggy. Uh, it was very difficult to get working. But um, just to clarify, I, that was that was a Vive dev kit at the time, right? That's a Vive dev kit. Yep. Okay. But um, we were able to get one controller working and the headset and one base station working, and that was enough to limp along. We're like, okay, well, we can't really <laughs> develop with this, but we played all the demos. Um, and I took it home for Christmas cause my brother is just absolute awesome with electronics and we got some spray can, we got some spray paint and some duct tape and we actually fixed the other base station Wow, <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. and it got it working. And then when I started using it, I was like, holy crap, this is amazing. And, um, I was immediately sold on what the Vive could what, do in what terms those of early- making you feel like what what were those early dev kits like? Because I didn't I I mean at the time I guess I probably had a like an Oculus DK one, but I never got a chance to actually try any of the any of the early versions of the Vive. What what was it like? Yeah, yeah. So the the earlier versions of the Vive, um, 
from a, from a physical hardware, just touching it, it feels very unfinished because the, the sensors are visible. Um, you can see the sensors on the inside. The, it's not as smooth or comfortable. The resolution of the display isn't as good. And the controllers are, um, they nickname affectionately the sombrero because it looks like a sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> but, and I actually went to the, uh, the developer conf or, uh, Steam Dev Days, and they told me, it's like, keep that thing. It's going to be a collector's item in about five years. So I've got it locked up safely. <laughs> <laughs> but, awesome. um, but yeah, so we ended up playing over at my brother's house. And um, when I flew back, I told Chachin, dude, you have to try this. Like, so we, we got ordered another dev kit to get that one fixed. And he tried it out. And he's like, holy crap, this is amazing. We have to try this. So we started prototyping and I was like, what do we work with? And I talked to my brother and he said, man, I really want to play Jenga with giant cannonball hands. I was like, that sounds pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, so that was I, his first, his first thought when he tried it. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah exactly. I, I won't deny if there's any alcohol involved with this. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so we tried it's like, yeah, that sounds awesome. So we pulled out unity and um, I started prototyping with some stuff, and we, I gave him the controller and I said, here, try this. And um, he just started shooting. He's like, wow, this is really fun. It's like, it would be awesome if you could shoot the cannonball. I was like, well, give me a minute or two. And we got to so <laughs> shooting cannonballs with these giant blocks. And I was like, wow, this is really awesome. I really want to shoot cannonballs at you. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, I think I can make that happen. So um, fast forward a little bit, um, we started experimenting. I had it over at my house, and he had a Vive at his house, and now we're s shooting cannonballs at each other. And we're like, wow, this is even better. What if there's giant boulder balls and grenades? And and fast forward, that's when uh, we bumped into Jeff and John, and they both said, hey, these guys are working on their houses, and they're making a game. Huh. And so um, that's how that once I started reaching that point where I was like, Hey, this, this feels like we're on to something here. This is really fun. Huh. Um, that's where we had the good fortune to uh, work with John and Jeff. Yeah. It, and it felt really real to us. I mean, it's like, we, um, John and I were just like, yeah, we, we don't want to take over this product. We want to be, you know, a part of this team and we've integrated so well. It's just like, yeah, it doesn't feel like two different companies. It's like, it feels like one company, you know, and it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. But yeah. How did I mean? It, just in terms of, it's it's really neat that the that the game kind of evolved organically as you guys were implementing new ideas and everything, and just kind of messing around. Um, when did kind of the level of polish? Because I mean, that's one of the things that I noticed when I first started playing the game was uh, that kind of separates Smashbox from a lot of the other games out there is. Uh, the game feels polished and also looks very polished. So the artwork yeah. is is very nice, and it's very like I like I said, everything has a very a very good like a very uh, I don't know what a refined style. I guess I I would say. I, I think it's when we brought on um, our artist. I think who was our first? Was it PM? Was our first artist? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know this kid is it, just fantastic. You you tell him what you want and he almost nails it every time and you know we, you might have to tweak things here and there but i mean that's when 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 for me you know the polish started started to to, to get there and then once we got in geometry and you know assets yeah. that were truly ours to the, and i think that just kind of propelled the team and okay let's make it better let's make it better let's make it better because yeah. we all felt like an ownership of it oh yeah and 
Yeah, in addition to the art too, the, the the one thing that we did I think stands out as vastly different from what you'll see from a lot of games out there and probably contributes to the overall polish and the aesthetic and the styling and the feeling that Smashbot gives you when you play it is uh, Jeff was awesome at coordinating playtest every week. So every week on a Friday for, what, three, four months, I would say, mm -hmm. we had six players come in. And we would say, hey, guys, you're going to play a game. And we gave them a description that's now on our Steam page and said, this is the game you're going to play. We put them through a tutorial, and then they play six matches with each other. And then we sit down and interview them huh. afterwards about their experience. And we always ask the, the standard net promoter score, how, how likely are you to recommend us to your friend? And that's a universal measure of like how good is a game. Mm -hmm. And we first started out, we were getting sevens. Seven. Really. Yeah, sevens. And yeah, and if, you, if you're not familiar with Net Promoter Score, anything up to an 8, a 7 or an 8 is like neutral, meaning it's like I don't like it, uh, but I don't hate it. Gotcha. Okay. And, a nine or, and a 9 or a 10 is like, I love it. I'm going to tell mom to go play this right now. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and anything below 5 is uh, not good. So. And what's really funny is that, you know, initially when we're, we were doing this, especially when we just started beta testing, and, and we, we went from like a 7 to like an 8, and then like an 8.5, and then a 9, and then a 9.3, and then back down to an 8.5, and then, you know, up and down. You know, at first we're like, well, are these people just fascinated at the fact that it's VR, or do they actually like the game? And so, I mean, we, we released this game. We, I mean, we thought we had a really good product. But we didn't, I mean, it's so humbling how the community has embraced us. It's like, we didn't know that you guys would like it this much. And it's just like, man, you know, it, yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Good. no, because there's just something, I mean, I know you talked mostly about, and, and I brought it up as well that way, the the kind of the aesthetic polish. But talk about, uh, I guess, the, the, the polish in terms of the game mechanics. Uh, I think yeah. I think there's something that feels really good great about everything that you do in this game i mean from from picking up the balls you feel satisfaction when you're when when you can kind of you know like when you when you see the little green highlight on the ball from far away and you're able to just magnetically kind of suck it in all the mm -hmm. way to, mm -hmm. to to holding it and blocking with the ball to when you're firing at at you know other players and then and then when you're getting the power up just everything you do feels like like you guys really honed it in and 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 even even stuff like like teleportation which is in a lot of games at this point but i thought it was really interesting the way uh you guys implemented it to be more of a strategic element like it you you added the the you know the way in which the marker really like i think more solidly than any other game really shows you while you're in a match where a player is going to be located next and then at the same time, it kind of limits the speed at which players can go back and forth through the map. So if if someone's getting too frantic, for example, and they they try to teleport multiple times before you know the marker lands on the floor, it kind of disrupts their movement and that sort of thing. Like all of those yeah, things, yeah. And, and I mean, everything you're doing in the game, it to me, anyways, from the outside, it looks like there was so much time and effort and and, and revisions to make sure you got it right. I don't know if you there, want to talk really, a little there bit was, about There really was. I mean, we tested the crap out of teleportation. I mean, oh yeah, we uh, we would we would change, we would change how fast you could teleport in almost every playtest. Yeah, and, and I, I think we quit doing it about the the third to last one. I think is when we felt like we had it kind of nailed. Huh. Yeah, 
Yeah, if you're if you're a programming nerd, we did binary search for teleporting type. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that way, you could only have to change it eight times. <laughs> um, no, I mean, Ronnie kind of nailed it on the right on the head there. Uh, I mean. I think that's actually one of the biggest strengths of the game in terms of like the multiplayer aspect of it is is the teleportation because I, I, at least I've seen that on a lot of the reviews and a lot of the positive comments that I've seen on Reddit, Steam, places like that. And so, yeah, I mean, just, just to kind of echo his sentiment, it adds such a tactical element to the game that I think really just adds to the overall feel of, of how it comes through and how the game is played. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, there's total pro moves too. It's like you know, you know, you 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 throw a teleport marker, you let it almost go, and then you go a different direction. And yep. man, I get nailed by that all the time. Yeah, because then great. you because then players try to get closer to that spot, and then they're like just a blank target, like right. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. No, that's really yeah. actually a really good point. That's yeah, I mean, there's just so many cool things about how it's done, and like I said, and those are all things that I think in other games that are similar or or you know. They had the potential to get there, but it's just, yeah, like they're just not developed in those. And another thing that I, I kind of liked about it, and I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more, um, the various uh, the various power-up types. So, I mean, you, you talked a little bit about how some of the fun, uh, the f- like, you know, the fun nature of, of, of you guys kind of messing around to let led to some of them. But were you trying to, like, as you got more serious about the multiplayer aspects, um, was there any kind of balancing that went into developing some of those weapons, or kind of what it, what do you guys what do you guys look look uh, look forward looking forward at the game? What do you guys intend to do as far as like balancing of those kind of things go? Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll start, Jeff, and feel free to hop in anywhere. But um, yeah. yeah, when we first came up with these power ups, the the first thing that we immediately were gravitated to is we need to do something that you cannot do in a regular shooter that this, this is a golden opportunity to play with scale and play with accuracy and play with things that make you feel like you're there. And so some of the things that really um, cement that was the boulder ball, which we first started was actually five stories tall. And it was a giant (laughs) asteroid that came out in the middle of the world and smushed everything in there. And we're like, that the problem was it was gave me a heart attack every time <laughs> because it's just it just feels like it's there and it feels like it's gonna smush you at just any moment. And then the same thing with a sniper ball, which is like having that scope and using a scope like that is is very VR. It feels yeah. like it's in your hand. It yep, feels yep. intuitive. Fireball, the grenade, the heat seekers, those things. But I mean, that's that was our original um, impetus. Is like let's really focus in on those making you feel powerful um and and also more importantly this thing that we kind of discovered when we were playing with jeff and jeff can feel free to chime in on this but it's like the the unexpected natures that occurs as a result of those those power-ups like create these interesting or funny moments they're just you completely don't expect like and because it's physics based you get them it's like uh, yeah it was like it was no, it's yeah it was like the end of the development cycle like i think we were releasing the next day and we're shooting a video and it was like, it was PM and I, and it was like mano a mano, last two guys standing. We both grabbed a sniper rifle. We both shot, and our bullets bounced off each other. And we just kind of stopped. <laughs> We're like, oh, crap, it, it can do that? We're like, yeah, it's physics-based. You know? That's so cool. <laughs> so and, who, uh, so I who, love, who, I who drew fact, next? Like, who was, who was the person that I realized no. first? 
<laughs> PM always beats me. <laughs> yeah. good. But I just want to, I just want to say, um, the cool thing I like about our power ups is just the fact that everything is actually blockable. Like someone tosses a boulder ball at you. Well, it's not going to expand until it hits the ground. So if you have a ball in your hand, you can bounce it away and you can, you can change the trajectory and you're going to live. And not only you can live, you can step out of the way of it. You know? Yeah. That's so cool. No. And that's one of the things, I mean, I think those things, like, you know, in general physics, uh, I I mean, I, I always appreciate when physics are well done in games because it makes, you know, the environment feel much more realistic and everything like that. But in virtual reality, where you start kind of putting real world expectations into what you're playing, I think subtle things like 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 those types of interactions really makes a big difference in terms of in terms of of, of immersion and in terms of you feeling like like that real sense of presence. Because yeah, totally. a lot of those things happen subconsciously. You may not even necessarily intend to block something but if you, your 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 Vive controller happens to be in the right spot and you're holding a ball and it hits you and you realize it it reflected like that, it just makes you really feel like everything's real and tangible. It, yeah. No, it happened. It happened to me today. It's like I was I was playing when I got home from work. I teleported someplace. I did a 180 right when a guy shot a ball. I didn't even know he was there, but I deflected it and then I killed him. And I felt very satisfied with that. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, because it was fair, right? Like that yeah. everything was working the way it was supposed to. And yeah. so, what if you lucked out? Like that's part yeah. of it happens. <laughs> it's part of how it yeah. works. But yeah, and, and half of it's a, a terrific testament to the Vive and the Oculus Touch as the the natural input of having a controller in your hand and saying, oh, I need to block that. And you're not like, oh, shit, what key is that thing? Yeah. You're just, mm-hmm. you just lift your hand and stick instinctively. <laughs> and it's you've got 20 years of experience playing a game by this by the time you put it on for the first time. <laughs> it kind of makes you feel superhuman in a sense because it takes like, I mean, yeah, you, you have some of those teleporting and like fast twitch capabilities and you're able to move around and, and, and do things that, I, you might not even be able to in, in, in the real world. Well, so. just being able to translate, you know, what the type of movements that you have in the real world and then being able to put those abilities in enhanced uh, abilities that you get in VR on top of that, like you said, that, that yeah. does give it that superhuman feel to it, you which know, is and, cool. And I'd have yeah. to say it's actually really, really cool uh, to hear you guys excited about, as excited about the game as everybody that's out there playing it. Because... Yeah, because I, I mean, I, I think that's probably a testament to, to what you guys have built, that it's it's just that fun. But we we, act, we actually did have this much fun building the game. I mean, oh, yeah, that, that's not a joke. It's like, you know, <laughs> we're testing the people below us. I mean, I feel bad for them, but we're jumping up and down. We're screaming and and, and we're, we're cursing at each other. And, and yeah, we we had we literally had as much fun developing it as we're having playing it. Yeah. High smiles per hour. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good metric to go by. No, I mean honestly, oh, yeah. the the uh, the amount of positive feedback that we've seen online on Reddit and just everywhere has been has been fantastic. And I, it's it's funny because um, I mean, you guys came out. I, I want to say, well, basically, the first time I heard about the game was on a Reddit post. And it was a Reddit post complaining about the drama of another game's release, which we shall not name mm-hmm. here, and that getting too much attention on on Reddit. And, and, you know, this game kind of being covered up in terms of how, how awesome it is. And so like that got caught my attention, quickly checked it out. And then as soon as I, as soon as I played it, I was just like, yes, this, this is absolutely what people should be focusing on right now, because it is, what's great about it is the multiplayer aspect. And I haven't seen something, 
Um, you know, there's very few multiplayer games out there, and I'm going to name drop Rec Room and Onward as probably the top two that people can really like build that type of community around. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like Smashbox Arena is gonna, is the next one uh, on that list. And I'm not that's not in any particular order. That's just saying like you know it's out now and playing it, especially in the multiplayer uh, space for it. You know, it's it's just awesome being able to connect with all these different people. And I know you guys uh, play regularly with the group as well. I don't think uh, Ronnie and I have had a chance to catch that yet. But I mean, it's just it's been really cool to to see that community grow and see how quickly people have have come about to the game. So I don't know. I mean, I, I guess that's not really a question, but just more so a testament to, to show how awesome the game is and how much we love well, it so far. We, we really didn't kind of come out of nowhere. I mean, we were a really quiet dev group. Um, and then here we were. <laughs> and <laughs> hi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, we kind of came out during a hurricane. <laughs> so so, so going, but, going along those same lines, did, did that kind of unsuspect, uh, unexpected success changed the directory of any of uh, the tra- directory. Did it, did it change the trajectory <laughs> of any of the plans that you guys had previously? I mean, I can imagine, I mean, you obviously were hopeful that you were going to get, you know, the community's attention and, and have people, you know, get really involved in the multiplayer. But now that you see how many people are into it, does that change your focus? Do you start focusing more on catering to players that are really into it or do you do you stick with you know trying to bring more people to the table or kind of you know what what is how is your how have your plans changed since since the game came I, out? I would I would I would say our priorities have changed in the last week and a half day wouldn't you yeah I mean it's it's <laughs> kind of it's kind of just all all speed ahead yeah. I mean we're, I mean we've Ever since we've launched, we, there's two two things that are really important to us, which is one retention, making sure people are playing the game a lot mm-hmm. um, and that they enjoy it. Because this, whenever uh, whenever we're looking at games from social or from social games and things of that sort, it's like how long are they playing the game? Are they enjoying it? And that's generally a good indicator. And um, I mean, let me look at my notes here, but <laughs> I think it was like, let's see here. Anyways, uh, I'll pull up a, some stats here in a little bit. But people are playing quite a bit. Um, average person's played 122 minutes, which is a lot for a VR game. If mm-hmm. you look at uh, if you look at uh, different games out there, you might see it somewhere around like 15 to 20 minutes for average VR title. And so that's a big piece of what we've been really focusing on is like making sure it's fun to play for a long time. Mm-hmm. But um, so that and also more importantly, adding in new things that would keep people engaged. So like Jeff's been working hard on a new map that we're up and coming to release that we just uh, had the community name. And what was the what's the name, Jeff? Uh, it was Hard Hat and U E A K Crash was the guy that actually named that. He's a, he's a YouTuber. Uh, I didn't know it was him until I, I, w- I was talking to him. He's like, oh, Hey man, did you get my map submissions? Like, which ones are yours? He's like, oh, well, I, I gave in these, and I was like, oh yeah, guess what? That was you. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you awesome. named the new map, and, and I can yeah. send you a link to his channel because that guy's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah please, please do. Please do. Yeah. We can mention it in, in the in, in the comments to the yep. to the video. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think the biggest one is just making sure people are enjoying and they're playing the game and they're they're having a good experience. Um, expand the content that we've already got there, which we're working on. And the other big one is to grow the community more. Um, I mean, when you come out week one, it's never like, okay, that's it. That's all the users are over. It's, it's always a, 
how can we get to get to reach more players, reach more people? And um, adding the Oculus Touch support um, last week was a, a big effort towards trying to grow the community and making sure that everyone that has a, a, a VR headset has a great experience. Yeah, that's actually, um, it's, it's, it's good that you mentioned the Oculus Touch again, because I was actually, as you were talking about expanding the user base, um, what was it like for you guys to kind of broaden, you know, it, at what point during your development did you really plan on, on on bringing the title over to the Oculus Touch? And did that create any challenges in terms of what you were able to do um, on, on the Vive side of things? Or or was it pretty easy to incorporate kind of, I mean, because there, there are some differences in terms of what the what the average Oculus Touch setup does tracking wise compared to that. To, to the vibe. So I, I was just kind of curious well, if we, that we were, yeah. we, we were, we were testing the touches for quite a while. Um, uh, but we, we didn't really have the time to actually like, I guess best way like to give it a lot of attention until after the game release. And, and, and after the game released, it was like what four or five days later, Gabe, that we, yeah. we knew exactly what we wanted to do. Um, and we got the artwork in and, you know, we've been getting feedback because we've actually had a lot of, um, uh, Oculus uh, uh, beta testers in the closed beta or the private beta, whatever the hell you want to call it. And, um, you know, we get feedback from them and, and they really helped us understand, um, you know, what, what the Oculus users want. We're still getting feedback from those guys too. And it's like, okay, yeah, great. We can, we can fix that. And, and then yeah. we do. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, from a mechanic standpoint, I think the, the only major change that we really did was um, for, for those that don't have the Oculus, um, that they have that forward-facing cameras, you can only pretty much effectively look 200 degrees before you lose tracking if you turn around and your hands will mysteriously start floating off in the distance, which is a little unsettling. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, we, we, the thumb button, you can flick it left or right, and uh, that will rotate your play area about 30-something degrees. So that way, um, while you're playing, you can have this option to still turn around. So even though you don't have room scale tracking, you can still have fun and you can still do it. And then for the, the Vive controllers, um, we turned it off for Vive, although depending on how the community responds, we may give them the ability to flick to rotate. Yeah, because so kind of like, yeah, I was kind of curious how that affects the balancing of the game if, if players in one version or the other have an advantage or... You know, it's um, honestly, I, I've been playing on the, the touch for the last two weeks straight and not having the, the difference is really room scale versus not room scale. You're you're more susceptible to people sneaking up behind you. So pro tip, one of my favorite tricks is to teleport over someone's head right behind them, then turn around and shoot them in the back. <laughs> 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 and so um, uh, Vive, or the, the Oculus Touch users are more susceptible to that kind of attack, but I mean, it's a strategy game. If you if you know you're more susceptible to that type of attack, you're going to tend to place yourself where someone coming up behind you is less of an issue. Yeah. Um, and so that, that's the interesting thing about the game is like there's so much strategy involved in terms of like how do you play this map, and it all depends on who you're playing against and and how good they are. And so you always have to adapt your strategy. But for the most part, I don't feel um, I don't feel terribly gimped by it. I, I feel like no, I, I can always compensate. I mean, I think I think it's just you know what you're used to. I'm mean, like, I suck at console gaming. I can't play the Xbox or, or PS4 worth of crap. But I sure as hell can use a keyboard and mouse, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I kind of grew up in the vibe when it came to VR, and it's just like, yep, that's what I do, and it just it, it feels like second nature. So I don't think I don't think an Oculus user is ever going to feel like he's gimped 
you know, because that's what they like. Yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. And and just uh, we were focusing more, I guess, on the power ups. Um, I didn't know if you guys wanted to talk about level design at all, um, since that is a huge part of of the game, obviously. Um, sure. What what kind has gone into to some of your ideas behind the different levels? Are there are there any inspirations from other types of multiplayer games in terms of level design, or is is VR just you know does VR just introduce a lot of of new types of mechanics that make certain level designs better than others? Um, yeah, actually, you know, we thought about a lot of different things. Um, granted, we released six levels. I probably made twenty three or twenty four. Hmm. And probably five or six revisions of each, hmm. um, just sort of experimenting what works and what doesn't work. And, and so, if you take if you take the level catwalk, that's actually one of the first levels we ever did, and it's, it's one that we experimented with the most. And, and eventually, we liked the fact that it was so fast um, and just so open, and we just wanted it to become like just sort of like the quick, the quick strike map. And so, you know, we we put it in, and then you take a look at a level like spaced in and you know, that level just evolved from this huge, enormous beast down to, to what we have today. And, and, and that one's actually faster than people realize. Um, I mean, there's things I'd love to do in, in, in VR, but the problem is, especially in this game, eventually all your balls are going to be on the floor. So I can't have like multi multi-layer stuff. Mm. Uh, um, it just, it makes it really difficult. I guess, you know, there could be some ball recycling script or something that that, that move balls around. But I, I don't think that's fun. Um, mm. I think you need to. I think you need to design the levels in such a way that I can turn around and maybe find a ball. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and um, just compliments to Jeff. Like he's coming into this and just has awesome inspiration from different games that we've looked at. But the um, it's just been really fun. And I I kind of compare some of the level designs, Jeff. Jeff kind of designed the levels, how they all play together and the different speeds, kind of like a high school prom where it's like you have your fast song and everyone's dancing and jumping around. And there's a <laughs> the slow song, which is the maps a little bit slower and a little bit more strategic. I don't know. That's probably a terrible analogy, but I did it. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I have to, um, one, the, the, the level worth is probably the most personal to me. Um, I was, Inspired by a, a, a Counter Strike level, I don't remember which one it was. Um, old like Modern Warfare, not not Counter Strike, but Modern Warfare level. Um, I looked at it and I remember playing that level a lot and just sort of thinking about, man, I want to make a level like this in, in this game. And then I, I, I sort of did it. And then um, you know, I used to work um, when I was working construction. I, I worked actually in Europe a lot, and um, I used to work at this place called Blauen Voss. And and so that whole level is like a, a shout out to all my German construction friends. <laughs> um, That's so and, cool. and, and the cool thing about it is that um, like, like history wise, like Blom and Voss uh, made the Bismarck, which the Allies sunk in World War II. You know, it's just like, and, and so I, I was able to actually incorporate like some of my favorite gameplay stuff into a really important part of my life. And, huh. and that was really awesome. That's really, really cool. No, yeah. I mean, just all the levels have been very, very unique in terms of how, I guess, how you kind of like navigate and traverse and, you know, utilize the different advantages that they have. So, you know, mm-hmm. kudos to you on that and just the, the uniqueness so far in terms of what, we, what we've seen. And, and one of the things I like yeah. that kind of brought a focus on, you know, lets users really kind of see what's going on in the map and kind of get a good strategy is, 
is ironically when they fail and they're out. And yep. you know, some of the some of the early times that I played the game, I would get out pretty quickly and I would and as soon as I, I got to that kind of god mode kind of, you know, large scale outlook on the map, I thought that was such a good idea. Because one of the coolest things in VR is is when you can look down at something and feel like you're like looking over a playset that's sitting there right you're in front of you. You're still there. Yeah. yeah. Still so, there. so how did how yeah. did that come about, and 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 kind of what was what were some of your ideas for that that view? Yeah, yeah. So when we were just experimenting with a handful of power ups, uh, we came up with this idea of like, what if you could eat a mushroom and become Mario's like Big Mario, <laughs> but like massively powerful dude. So we we had this power up that was a mushroom, and if you picked up the crate, you became humongous. And you had cannonball hands. Whoa. And so um, you could shoot cannonballs down at people on the map. <laughs> and we did that. And I was like, we did that. And it's like, if you weren't the guy that was huge, you just got annihilated. Over and, over. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this just sucks. Because they could reach down, put the cannonball right next to your head and pull the trigger. And then you're, boom, you're dead. But we started thinking about it. And Chao Chen and Warren and I were all looking at her like, wow, this is a really fun way to watch the match. Like, mm -hmm. what if I get knocked out rather than just sitting there, I could uh, actually watch the match from above. And we we're like, actually, that's a great idea. We, we put it in and it's like, holy shit, this makes us so much more sense. Yeah. And yeah, then don't, we, but don't, but don't forget about the, the time when you could do that and you could drop power ups to your buddies. Yes, that's right. Oh. Yes. They so had power up hands. Oh. <laughs> and so you could drop power ups wherever wherever you wanted and tell people where to go. Um, but that but that was pretty OP. It was a little like a little too much. Yeah. So it just it made it too powerful. So but we, we nixed that but kept the, the world and added the rotation and it just made a huge difference. So Yeah, I mean you can think you can actually thank John for that because I think before then we had um you could yeah. sort of rotate yourself around the map, but then John figured out how to move the world around you and it, it yeah. totally changed the gameplay yeah put it on a lazy susan so you could spin it around effectively <laughs> you know just hearing about uh, hearing you guys talk about it it really sounds like you guys could do just about anything you wanted in this game it was, and it was just a matter of kind of you know figuring out what worked and what didn't work because some some of the ideas that you yeah. guys are throwing out it's just so cool that you were able to implement so much and try things out and really experiment yeah, well, I think yeah. it's it. Yeah, I think it really comes down to like the DNA of our company is about. We walked into this not knowing anything about VR and telling ourselves like we cannot go into this with assumptions about what's going to work and what's not going to work. And so the DNA of our company is really about well, let's just try it. Let's see what happens. Like it's mm -hmm. Unity, it's C sharp. We can do it fast and and same whether it's level design with jeff or whether it's features with us like we really approached it from this experimental mindset and we can get it to the 60 percent, but it's up to that's where the user testing comes in it's like if we can make it it's fun but they don't understand it it doesn't work it's it's dead and so that's that's how that's the mindset we have when we make um games and particularly with smashbox so that's the Otherwise, otherwise we're going to fail walking into VR because it's such a new platform. Nobody really knows what's the right way to do stuff yet. And that's throughout this experimentation is the only way you're going to really find out. Yeah. When, when we were first starting out, I was like coming home. We're trying, you know, we're, we're doing all these sort of different things. 
I was coming home, talking to my wife. She's like, you're hungry for dinner? I'm like, no, I feel motion sick still. You know, it's like we, <laughs> we yes, we tried everything where it's just like, I'm like, oh my God, you know, I, I'm just not going to eat. I'm going to bed. I'll see you later. And I'm like, why the hell am I making a VR game? She's like, oh honey, you're all right. I'm like, <laughs> yeah man if we wanted to make it if we wanted to make a game how many seconds until you could throw up we made a lot of games where you could throw up very fast <laughs> uh, if, if only that was a top seller right yeah <laughs> yeah well i tell you what it'd be a viral video <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's for sure well so, <laughs> In that vein, in terms of just, it's actually been really cool hearing about all the stuff that's been kind of nixed from from um, the the overall development. But looking forward, uh, I'm curious to hear what um, you know what the big picture is for for Smashbox, Smashbox Arena. And I know before we uh, we press record, we were talking a little bit about this. I don't know if you guys want to elaborate a little bit more. Yeah, Jeff, you oh, want to yeah. give the big the big reveal? Well, okay, so we're gonna. Uh, we're going to release a, a new map this week and um, it's called hard hat as we've, we've talked about, but we're also going to release a um, multiplayer demo, which allows maybe some of those on the fence people to, to play the game and make a decision. Um, Honestly, I think that's a great idea because I think most people that try this game, if they were on the fence, as soon as, as soon as they get the chance to actually play it and see what it's about, I think, yeah. I think they're going to be, be very, very, you know, yeah, I'm very mean, very happy with the once, game. Once once you try it, like it's it, it sells itself right away. So, but, but anyways, continue. I just wanted <laughs> to, to put no, that no, in because cool. I think it's very smart. Um, yeah, we have yeah. another we have another map um, actually that's in the art department right now, and um, it's yeah. gonna be no it, yeah PM <laughs> our art department whose name is PM who's um, <laughs> <laughs> a senior in college, right, Gabe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's actually going to be sort of a different theme um, um, from anything that we, we've done so far. We're really excited about it. Um, I have about another three or four maps in my back pocket, and we're just going to – we're here for the community. We're, we're, we're listening. We're on Reddit. Um, we're on Twitter. Um, and yeah. we want this to succeed as much as you guys. I mean, we, we see the same potential you do, and yeah. we're, we're going to stick with it. Yeah, and – yeah, I mean, what we're really doing with the the demo is just like you guys said. It's like give people a chance to try it. Mm -hmm. um, but what we're also doing, which I think I don't think any Vive game has done this yet. I don't think any VR game has ever done this before, where the paid world, where the, all the people who have paid for the game can are going to be in the same lounge as the free users. Mm -hmm. um, and so, because we we want people to ask the guys who are paid users, like, hey, is this really worth twenty three ninety nine? Uh, for that's on sale right now and eventually once it goes away but we want those people to talk and be like hey tell them what the, what what they think it what they think it's worth and and uh whether they think it's a good deal because we feel really confident in that pro in our product that we would want those interactions to occur yeah. and and be paid users can play with free users free users will be li limited to a subset of the maps but they'll at least get a taste of it they'll get an opportunity to play uh, with everybody else, and um, I think that's going to be something special that I don't think you'll you'll be. I don't think any VR games done before. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, word of mouth marketing is the best and probably the only way to go, especially when it comes to VR. Like uh, until you try it, until you hear like people's opinions that you respect and you know uh, recommendations, 
and actually being able to try it also is a, is a huge aspect of that. So oh, being yeah. in there and if, you know, if you're going to see other players in there, of course, they're going to be enjoying the game and tell you how awesome it is. And, and, you know, instead of it just being over a podcast or some audio format, you're there right. actually enjoying the game with them. I mean, that's, it's a fantastic idea. I think Ronnie and I both yeah. agree on that. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. Think, I think, I think we should, I think we should, you know, make 10 people who listen to this podcast really happy that they don't have the game. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I mean, I, we, we, we'd very, we'd be very much happy to help you do that. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we, I think I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, what we, does that mean, um, we'll be giving away 10 steam keys then? 10 steam keys, but they also work with Oculus, but not, not the Oculus store. Not yeah. that. Yeah. So, so these will be available on steam and mm-hmm. what we'll have you guys do is uh, these are episodes are also uh, posted on YouTube as well. So if you guys are interested in getting a Steam key, um, just leave a comment on the YouTube version of this episode, and we will uh, we will randomly draw ten names. And guys, I mean, we we can talk about this all day. And I mean, obviously, we're talking with uh, with the big box fellas here, but like the game the game is going to sell itself. You you once you try it, I don't even know why I'm, why I'm just. Going yeah, on. There, there'll be a demo soon. Just download the demo. Zane had <laughs> got the game before I had, so I hadn't gotten a chance to play it yet. I had just heard everybody talking about it, and as soon as Zane tried it, uh, there's very few games where where I will just get a text from him that doesn't really explain what Zane thinks of the game, but just <laughs> tells me I have to go do something. Like, and the text that I got was Ronnie, you have to buy Smashbox. I was like, non-negotiable. Buy it. And- <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. I mean, awesome. everyone that I've shown the game to so far, like it's it's been a hit. And like, you know, you you can go online and look at all the forums to see that. But I mean, just being able to see it in the actual faces and reactions of people so far uh, in my own living room, you know, people who come over and try it. it's, it's easy, intuitive, uh, sorry, easy to pick up. It's very intuitive and it's just a lot of fun overall. Um, you know, you, yeah. there's so many different types of experiences out on VR right now, but I feel like this just makes it easy to have a good time. And, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, uh, when you said the average player is, or average time is like 122 minutes. If, if you go through and look at all the positive comments, I mean, you see people who are, talking about the game and their gameplay and they're, they're measuring that in hours uh, and yeah. saying that I spent, you know, hours in this game and I, you know, it's been, been fun. And so like, it's just, it's something that I feel like, like you said, it, it'll only continue to grow, especially as the community grows. So um, yeah, I mean, well, we're really excited about it. Uh, that makes us really happy, man. I mean, we, we, I mean, we, we know that this game lives and dies by the community. Um, we, we love our community. I, I love the fact that I can go on at any time People are laughing, right? They're having a good time, and they're beating the crap out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the other thing, too, it's like when I go on, it's the other part, too, is just the incredible exposure to the world. It's like I was on yesterday, and it's like one guy's from Norway, Philadelphia, London, Australia, like France, Germany, like every country in the world. And I was just thinking, it's like, holy shit, I, I feel like I'm standing next to this guy. Like that blows my mind. So it's, it's, it's incredible. Yeah. No, I mean, couldn't agree more. And uh, I mean, Jeff and you and I were talking about this a little bit over Reddit, but I don't know if we can maybe extend the discussion further. Um, sure. I mean, I, like I was saying before, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm weird like this in terms of, uh, or well, let me just go back for a second. I, on Reddit, I had posted originally about, you know, trying to set up a, uh, some type of tournament, whether it was like a world cup format or knockout style tournament for, mm-hmm. uh, 
or you know round robin and knockout cell tournament for for the game just because I think the multiplayer aspect has so much going for it and being able to mm-hmm. organize this in a way where people can get involved, have something to play for, even if it's just pride. But you know, for me, like I said, I'm I'm, I'm weird in the sense that I, I love setting up these like brackets and certain things, and to me, it's just a lot of fun to do something like that. Um, and I know you jumped yeah. on the opportunity right away, and we're like, what can we do? So. I mean, let's, yeah. let's. That's definitely a discussion we can uh, we can kind of go forward. Well, you on. know, the day before release, um, we did it. We did a YouTuber tournament, and um, instead, of, I mean, you know, we can't pick what team we're on at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, okay, so what I did is I, I had a tournament where we played all six maps, and at the end of each session, I took a screenshot of their kills, and then the top tuber who had the most kills, right? They got five keys, four, three, two, one, et cetera, down to the, down to the bottom. And, and they loved it. Um, I really want to eventually get Smashbox Arena to a point where it can be much more competitive in, in an eSport without ruining our casual gameplay. And, yep. you know, I, 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 I think we'll get there. Um, we just, you know, we're a small outfit and we're doing what we can, but it, it's on our radar. That's the best I can tell you at the moment. It's on our radar. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys are definitely heading in the right direction, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. And, I, and I mean, the gameplay mechanics already kind of, you know, introduce enough complexity there to 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 let pro players kind of, you know, show their stuff while also letting, you know, new players to the game also feel comfortable. I mean, it, it almost yeah, seems yeah. like really the gameplay is already ready for it. Maybe just the infrastructure in terms of matchmaking and that sort of stuff is the only thing, really. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you guys have lots of ideas of, of what you would want to put into the game in order to, to, to kind of flesh out comp- the competitive nature. But I'm going to ask you guys a question. If you could add one power up to the game, what would you add? Oh man. I got to think about that. And one. don't say, and don't say Jeff. <laughs> I know. So, so this is kind of, I, I don't know how this would work as, as far as balancing goes, but some kind of a duplication item, Ooh. so like a, an item that that because because kind of like you were what you were mentioning before, one of the things that kind of throws me off or kind of directs me or misdirects me the most is when you see like uh, when you see someone trying to teleport to a certain location, you're really mm-hmm. like honed in on seeing other players and kind of figuring out where they might be based on what what you saw where you saw them last. So some kind of a, a power up that are you lets ask, you, are you. Are you asking for a doppelganger? <laughs> something like that, yeah. <laughs> something, yeah. something where well, you so, can. I don't know how it would work balancing wise, but it just seems like it would be pretty cool. Yeah, like a, a holographic Jeff. Exactly, <laughs> and obviously you have to limit it somehow. But you know, yeah. that could be a really fun way to super just like freak people out and mm. you know yeah. pop out when they least expect it. Well, also, I mean, the thing is, like, the game itself is, uh, I'm going to use a tactical as a word again, but, like, you know, if you were to use it in a way where you could, if you don't know where your enemy is, or if you're trying to go into an area where you don't have complete visibility, you can use that as a way where you throw it out as, like, a, you know, your doppelganger power-up. And, and then you, you can see where yeah, people you can are see, shooting from Yeah, see something. where the shots are coming from. 
Um, or you can even oh. confuse someone by by throwing the doppelganger one side, teleporting to the other side, so that they're you know they're facing the wrong way when it, when it happens. And you know maybe they, they would have shot all the bullets that they have or all the balls that they have, and you know you'll be in a prime position to take them out. So that's actually a pretty good idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna just piggyback off yours, Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> cool. But yeah, so. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, guys, if uh, is there anything else? That's that's kind of what we had in mind, but I don't know if there's anything else in terms of stuff coming down the pipeline or things about the game that you wanted to share. I think the only other big thing to share is um, I know a lot of people talk quite a bit about the multiplayer mode, but there actually is a single-player mode in the game, too, that you can totally play um, that goes through kind of some of the backstories. So as you play through single-player, that's one of the uh, ways that you can unlock... Uh, heads is through single player mm. multiplayer and so you can unlock these different heads and each time you play through single player each story for each character's uh, backstory can be revealed each time you beat uh, each other on easy medium or hard yeah, and and the yeah. care the characters are really funny actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah my which one's your favorite yeah i i mean i was playing with the seal pup earlier and i thought that was pretty hilarious but <laughs> yeah uh, yeah I, but yeah my favorites are the Badgers. My least favorites are the V-Rons and the. <laughs> it's me, Bron. See, see now Ronnie. talking to you guys, I kind of see where some of the humor came from. Because it's. Like... <laughs> well, we're keeping oh. all the fart jokes off the air, so. Good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I think that's the one place uh, people should definitely check out because um, I think something that a lot of players have been commenting about on Reddit is that the the AI is quite capable and especially for multiplayer, because we know that the VR, the VR install base isn't as big as consoles or regular PCs um, needing to be able to fill in for players as people come and go and ejecting the AI as people come and go. I think something that's uh, we did a lot of careful uh, thought and consideration to make the AI good, yep. but more importantly too, and you, you may not notice this, but it's happening behind the scenes is Depending on how good your team is and how good your opponent is, the AI's difficulty automatically increases or decreases to make sure that the match is fair. Yeah. So you might find more often than not, you guys are getting into tied situations if, if that's a, a full room or not. And so we do that to make sure that everyone always is, has a fair match and that we don't see this tremendous imbalance, um, which is why you can't select your teams from the get-go. Okay. But um, that well, just, that's like Jeff was saying... Yeah. Yeah. And so like Jeff said, we're we want to move towards that direction of like allowing uh the necessary things that you need for competitive play, such as like picking teams and things of that sort. Um and that's that's on our roadmap. Okay. But well, we but we can't but we can't destroy the social aspect of this game because the social aspect of this game is so fun. Yes, you know, exactly. Okay. We we want it to be a place that's fun and inviting, and that you want to be. And it's just a, it's just like going over to your friend's house when you're a little kid. That's kind of the feeling that <laughs> we want to we want you to have when you're going next that's, door. That's awesome. No, and and just to piggyback on on what you guys were were saying about the the AI. I mean, I the social aspect, you know, bar none, is 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 the most fun part of the game. I think in terms of just like you know getting in there and playing with with other people and and having those you know interesting and fun interactions but i will say that as a consumer it's really nice to have a product that you know you'll get value from you know 
potentially months and years out, even if the community were to, to move on to maybe, you know, your next title, for example, or something like that. Somewhere, yep. you know, way down the line. Because I will say that there's a lot of multiplayer games out there that, you know, are very vibrant at the beginning of the game's life, but then kind of trail off as people move on to the next game. And, and, and when, I, when I was looking into Smashbox, one of the things that, you know, not only did it have a single player mode, but the fact that the AI um, in the was so strong, you know that even as even even if you're playing at a time when a lot of people aren't on, you're going to be able to have a good time no matter what. So yeah, yeah I, I don't think that yeah. can really be overstated. I, j- just because I mean, the thing is like what Ronnie was saying and what you, uh, what you guys were saying earlier in terms of the the community and install base being very small. Like the fact that I can flip on this game, jump into multiplayer mode at any point in time, and know that I'm going to get the full experience of the game. Yeah, there might be, uh, you know, there there might be a couple of of AI uh, bots in there. But uh, as I was actually saying to Ronnie on on the when we covered the uh, the game on our uh, on a previous episode, just having you know one or two other people adds enough of a human element, and then being able to fill it out with the AI bots just helps so much. And like I said, it, it's something about like being able to just jump into the game at any point and not have, not having to worry about like, Oh, okay. You know, will there be enough people online or if there's not enough people, is it going to be like a two on one or a three on two? Like the game is always just exactly what it is. And I, you know, there's a huge appreciation for that. I think, which people may not realize initially, but I think as they start to compare it with the other multiplayer experiences out there, uh, it's definitely going to set itself apart. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I've noticed, and it's quite surprising is that you're like so I'll jump into a match that maybe has two or three guys into it, right? Within a couple rounds, that room is full. Yep. And I mm-hmm. don't have bots anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And maybe someone drops out, but you know, you know, they the new person comes in. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and just the fact that I mean, making the game fun fun enough for those people to stay at the beginning while you're waiting for people, I think is like is all that's really needed. Cause because in some other in, in games that wouldn't have AI, for example, you know, some people might decide to quit out and play something else a few minutes in because not enough people were joining. And when when if they would have just hung around for another five, ten minutes, you'd have a full match and that match will go on for, you know, I don't know, oh, 30, 40, yeah, no, five, 50 minutes. But in the I, meantime, no, they're playing, still able to play. I was playing an game. hour the other day. I, I got into a really good room. Nobody dropped. Everyone was having fun. And yep. I just played for a straight hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. Very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't know if uh, usually Zane's the one to ask this question, but I'm going to ask <laughs> it because I want to make sure we, we kind of stick this in before, the, before we wrap up here. Um, you know, you guys have been, been working with the Vive uh, specifically since its early, you know, its, its early pre-release days. Um, what, where do you see VR going in the future? And as, as far as like hardware is concerned, um, what are some of the things that you hope uh, you hope come out in the next, you know, year, two years from now. Let me start, Gabe. Yeah, go for it. Bigger room scale. I love room scale. It's my favorite part of VR. Like, you know, I can move around. I, I can do things. Um, the fact that we're just starting to get these sort of wireless headsets coming out. Um, I mean, that's it's just amazing, man. I mean, yeah, all the hardware and stuff is going to get smaller and better and all these different things, but more room scale. I want to, I want to be in a large room and I want to really interact with the, the world around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what Jeff said too, cause, um, 
You guys still there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. I think we... I think Gabe might have had a, a, a glitch. We'll see Possible. If he... <laughs> lost Gabe. As did did as his he... phone run out of battery? Oh, no. It shows that uh, he's still connected. Is his home internet sucking? <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait just a second. And if, yeah, if not, we can just stop it probably at, I guess, where you had left off. And... Well, let's, yeah, no problem. Let's, let's see if we can get him back on real quick. Yeah. Let me see if he's on. Uh... Should I try I ending the call and recalling out? Uh, no. No, he'll. He'll, he's smart. He'll get back on. <laughs> so, what are, you, what are your plans for? Do you have a fun uh, holiday plans coming up, or? Um, you know, my holiday plans are just freaking relaxed, man. I've been pretty nonstop since about the beginning of November, trying to you know just sort of do everything we can to get the game out the door. Um, Imagine. I'm going to take a couple of days off, spend some time with the wife and, and the kids and just decompress um, and play a lot of Smashbox, to be honest. I mean, I love it. I have as much fun playing it as everyone else. You know? That's awesome. No, oh, for sure. Um, so Gabe just dropped out of the college. Uh, I don't know if there's a way for him to. Oh, hey, he came back. Yay. Okay. He's in. Hey. Oh, oh he's in. Sorry. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I just saw, I was like, man, it's got really quiet. <laughs> <laughs> You're like in the middle of a sentence too. Uh, Are how you long did you talk work, after dude? after you got home. disconnected? Okay, where did where did you guys leave off? So I can try and pick up. Uh, we were. I, I just finished up about how I wanted more room scale VR. Yeah, it's essentially what you're oh, looking for in terms of like future hardware. Okay, yeah, I think um, the two things I'm re- the two things I'm really excited about is the resolution on the headset the increasing. Because if you if you if you look at it right now, the the headset's resolution effective that you can be perceiving is the same as the first version of Doom. So you're talking about 640 by 480 That's is crazy. your perceived resolution, and so and we're delivering that at 90 freight. 90 hertz per eye and that's a big reason why smashbox arena looks like the way it does is because it's really easy to make it look good at that resolution but it's Mm -hmm. also that playful fun environment we want Mm -hmm. but going forward like going after more realistic simulations going after uh more complicated art styles and just like jeff was saying too is the um wireless headsets is going to be crucial because anything that's going to break your immersion, such as like, I've got a cable wrapped around my foot or something like that's going to be really crucial to make sure that's eliminated. And the one thing I'm like super excited about, I just have no idea when it's going to come, but when it does, it's going to be freaking awesome is, uh, losing the controllers and just having hands, uh, just your hands period. And with perfect tracking within VR regarding it's your digit position and things of that sort. Mm-hmm. Cause that's like, um, I remember it's like my favorite quote about user interaction design on the iPhone. It's like one of the industrial designers came to Steve Jobs with an iPhone that had a stylus and he threw it away. He's like, I've got five styluses on this hand right here. I'm both of them. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's what I'm looking forward to for VR is being able to lose the controller and being able to use your hand. So I'm, I'm hoping that will happen in the future. Oh, I mean, those are let's let's hope that they take. No, uh, and I think I think everything you guys had mentioned was were all pretty realistic, you know, realistic hopes. So everything seems to be moving. I mean, hopefully, I mean, very we'll, quickly we'll get too. a lot of that stuff soon. Uh, I mean, the thing is, like, why you know the wires were such an issue. Well, I, okay, I don't want to say such an issue, but I mean, it was released this year. The virus was released in April of this year, and I, I want to say less than a year later, they already have a wireless solution that seems to be 
uh, you know, 100% or close to 100% effective in terms of what it can do. So, I, yeah. I mean, I'm definitely excited to see, like, okay, so, what you know, whatever the next big thing is that they decide to focus on after wireless will be and, you know, hopefully how quickly they can, uh, you know, amend that and, you know, turn it into a strength rather than a weakness. Yeah, I think it's going to be fast, but it, I mean, it's following the, the Vive in general and in, in VR in the general is following the same pattern that you see from, if you ever read Innovator's Dilemma, um, it talks about these disruptive new technologies are really expensive, they're hard to set up, but man, they're awesome. Mm -hmm. And they have a small audience of people that are super passionate about it. And I think we see the same thing happening for games. Oh, absolutely. Awesome, guys. Well, I definitely want to be respectful of your time. I know we've we've gone on for quite a bit, but it's been it's been a lot of fun so far. We really do appreciate you guys yep. taking the time to chat. No, we, we you know we're we're happy to talk with you anytime. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having us. No, mm -hmm. no, of course, anytime. And you know, we'll, we'll definitely keep in touch, especially for uh, for future updates uh, for the game and anything else you guys might might be working on. You know, we'd love to have you guys back to maybe do another highlight episode on on what you guys coming got coming down the pipeline later on. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thanks. Really? Yep. No, appreciate it for everyone tuning in. I really appreciate you guys listening. And uh, we will talk to you again very, very soon. Bye.